0: Hello and welcome to episode 234 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with...
1: <laughs> hey, how are you doing today?
0: I'm very well, thanks. I spoke over the cat again. I always forget that bit.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> how have you been? It's it's your first time on this year.
1: It is, yes. I keep forgetting it's a new year, writing the date wrong as I shall do until about like December and so forth. as it's yes. always the way when we roll over on a number. Yes, it's, uh, it, it's it's difficult. It's one of those things that I feel we should get help for. Maybe adverts on telly if I watch telly that sort of <laughs> remind you that you're going to write the date wrong on everything for like at least. The the next six months.
0: Yes, that is very true. I do the same thing as well, and uh, which is fine unless I'm updating air dates on the website, which is <laughs> cause slightly more of a problem. It's like, why does that say 2019 and it's 2020? So yes, there's a few typos that have gone up.
1: <laughs> I keep writing 2030 as well and thinking we're in the future. I don't know how that's happening. I think it's something to do with the keyboard on my phone. I go to do 2020 and because it's a repetitive motion, somehow my hand's going, that's boring. <laughs> so I've put out various tweets that say 20. 30 and have just claimed we're like in the future um yes. so obviously i'm i'm just striving to be in the dystopian cyberpunk future of my dreams and have just skipped a decade
0: yes that sounds pr- very much like you so
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm just leaving them up and people just keep correcting me i'm just like i don't know why this keeps happening <laughs> it's, it's just apparently now a thing i don't know what decade we live in which yes. to be fair isn't that much of a stretch for me
0: no exactly um so uh since you've been off since before christmas what have you been up to?
1: To. Many, many. In fact, this week has been very exciting. Just this week has been many, many things. I keep saying I'm going to take it slightly easier. I don't even remember these conversations. I keep <laughs> saying I'm going to take it slightly easier and do less events, and, uh. and that just that doesn't happen. <laughs> so, just on Saturday, I was at two different things in London. Uh, the first one being Gamepad. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. Uh, they they run three or four events a year, which are community driven, very family friendly gaming events. Cool. They're run by Maya Madder, who create uh, comic books as well. I've interviewed them before. Lovely, lovely guys based in London. And um, yeah, they had their first event for for 2020, which was in Old Street. Nice. And that was lovely. Just like loads of little tournaments, loads of things for, for kids and adults to, to try out new games and old games, real mix of stuff. And they're, they're lovely little chilled events. So I enjoyed going to that. and. And then went straight from there to a uh, Hatsune Miku gig. Do you know who Hatsune Miku
0: is? I don't know. That sounds like uh, for more, more your sort of background the vine. Who is Hatsune Miku?
1: Hatsune Miku is technically a what? Oh, uh, okay. but she's a piece of software. Oh, okay. They've been around for... Well, her first concert was over 10 years ago. Uh, so they've been around for longer than that. I need to check the exact date of when they released the first version of her software. But she's a, a Vocaloid, which is effectively a synthesizer that creates the human human voice. Right. Interesting. So she comes with sound banks and you can then program this into songs, however you see fit. And the people that buy the Vocaloid software and buy the sound banks, because there's a lot of different characters, Miku's just the most famous one, and you write songs for them. You can then submit your songs into competitions. The songs that win the competitions become official songs for Miku, the character, who is a blue haired anime girl. Uh, yeah. CGI model and um, they appear on the albums and they also do live tours like the one I went to on Saturday Um there are only four dates in the whole of Europe for this and they are incredibly high-powered detailed well-animated holograms. Wow
0: okay cool is, is it a sort of 3D <laughs> hologram thing is it one of those those things that's projected on like columns of smoke or whatever or or is it
1: they're ah. projected onto a very large pane of thin glass. Oh, okay. Right. That and they're one, a one. full 3D hologram with another layer for backgrounds and things. They look so solid now. If you compare kind of the footage from the concerts 10 years ago to the ones that, that are going on right now, um, they're quite difficult to film is one of the problems with it. Cause it's quite hard to actually capture that kind of thing on a, yeah. on a camera or something like that. But they are such good holograms. I mean, obviously they are a giant real cartoon as opposed to... Yes. A- a real, real person, although they could well do that they're choosing stylistically to uh, to go mm. for this cartoon style but it's absolutely just technology wise just absolutely incredible and there's all a live band with it and uh, yeah they play the songs that are written by and have won the vote by the fans
0: that's crazy so is the is the vocalist although it's a hologram up front do you know if they're doing that as a live motion capture or is that like a pre-recorded pre-made thing
1: I believe they're doing it all pre-rendered um, right. it will be awesome if they also did them motion capture but I think because they put Miku forward as her own thing right if you were to have a, a motion capture it would separate from what yeah, they were yeah. trying to achieve slightly but it is quite interesting they use obviously a donor voice to create all of the phonetic sound banks behind these yeah so there is a there was once a human voice but it's been changed and, and modified and obviously everyone writing the songs uses it in a way and pitch changes it and things like that so you, what, what actually comes out the other end is a, a unique creation. Uh, yeah. And it's just amazing because she's effectively a crowdsourced pop idol. Yeah, that's because nuts. Because you, you can animate her, they give out models, you can animate them, make your own music videos, you can make your own songs, obviously, with the Vocaloid software. The artwork used for everything, They again, they crowdsource that, fans send in artwork and it's voted for, and <laughs> then that's used on the promotional materials. So she is a, a fully crowdsourced pop star that's um, crazy it was pretty amazing to see like even some quite a few people were, it was completely sold out it was Brixton O2 Academy it was about 5,000 people there sold out the queue went all the way around the entirety of Brixton all the way around the next block of buildings and double back <laughs> itself Wow. so I was in the queue for two hours I was by no means anywhere near the back also by no means anywhere near the front because um, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to wait until from 9 o'clock in the morning regardless no. how cool it was and I also quite because Brixton's on a slope so you can be fairly far back in the venue and still see Right. and yeah. it was kind of awesome to see all of the crowds as well because there are conventions with Japanese and other Asian pop music where you have glow sticks and you move them in set patterns depending on what the song is. And also with these Vocaloids, because there's they had about six of the different Vocaloid programs with them, doing songs and doing duets and things like that on the stage. And each one has a different color. And the glow sticks, which you buy, they're official. They're, like, they're, they're more like small lightsabers. Right. Um, they're, they're 35 quid. I didn't buy one. Um, <laughs> and they change color. So you'd hear one bar of a song start and someone would recognize the track and change their glow stick to the correct color. And then everyone around them, like a sea of lights changing color. Oh, wow. And then if it was if it was a duet, the audience just self polices itself, and the colours in the audience would be 50 50 between the two artists on stage.
0: Wow, that's nuts! Um, and this
1: level of respect and, and audience participation for virtual idols.
0: Yeah, it's, so very, that's crazy.
1: Very fascinating. And the technology, even if you're not I me, mean, because it isn't all people think it's just all squeaky pop music. They were playing heavy metal tracks. They were playing dubstep. They were playing rap. They did. There's a whole range yeah, yeah. of stuff Uh, because you can make anything with it. Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, yeah.
1: But they they did actually, and they played songs in Spanish, they played songs in English, they played songs in in Japanese. (laughs) And they they did play a couple of heavy metal tracks, which made me very happy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite tracks was debuted has never been played before on stage and was debuted on Saturday and that's a metal track with a live band playing it and nice. that was pretty amazing. So you could be into a range of stuff and you can just go a lot of people just went for the experience because where else are you going to see a super famous hologram singing a live yeah. concert.
0: No, that's really nuts. I've so that was
1: that. yeah that was super fascinating um and I'm very very pleased that I I got to see that that was definitely worth every penny for the uh the, just the amount of tech they must have had to lug across the globe to put yeah. this show together yeah. um, projectors and, and programming and, and incredible animation as well anyone who's into animation every different Vocaloid character even if they're dancing the same dance moves dances it as that character would based on their body mass and how well a <laughs> dancer they how good a dancer they are and things like that so it looks yeah. you could forget quite easily despite how cartoon they are that you aren't looking at people
0: yeah yeah this That's...
1: is a very interesting experience it's very much you know from the future anyone who's watched you know like the the, the blade runner movies or or yeah. watched a- Macross Plus, an old um, anime. I- ironically, the creative, which was told his idea of having a hologram idol was uh, quite preposterous at the time. <laughs> he finds that quite funny nowadays. Uh, yeah, it- it's one of those ideas that's been around for a while, and it- and it's yeah, it's uh, it's very very good now, and it's been here I think a lot longer than and people realise.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen those sort of hologram projection things before, but never done in in that particular way. This sounds fascinating. I might have to keep an eye out for that, see if I can go and see a show.
1: <laughs> yeah, they sell out very very quickly. I- yeah, sure. Yeah, because there's only sort of one every couple of years yeah. kind of thing that happens. Uh, but people had flown over from other places in Europe. Somebody flew over from Korea just to see this UK show. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, people, yeah, people are, are who are fans of this are, are very dedicated lots of people in cosplay as you can imagine yes yes but also a wide range of people there was everyone from from young teenagers up to people sort of in the, in their late 40s early 50s everyone from small pretty people dressed up in in miku costumes with with long blue head wigs on to one big burly musty bloke covered in tattoos and with a heavy metal t-shirt on <laughs> <laughs> and, and me somewhere in between the two and a very wide range of uh, people a very nice welcoming community as well yeah. um, it's uh, it's pretty good fun Other than that, uh, which was pretty much as much excitement as I could deal with for one day, I tried to watch season two of Titans. Yes. I'm having difficulty with that one. I can't quite figure out the tone
0: yeah there's i know i'm watching season two of titans i am quite enjoying it but it is quite different you've got them following the young newer titans but they're also bringing back the older titans and then there's mm-hmm. a couple of bottle episodes to introduce things and do background so i don't know i i am enjoying it i'm actually kind of I, i'm finding it Quite entertaining. There are bits where the tone dramatically shifts, though, from kind of highly yeah. comedic to kind of very sweary and quite violent. And so yeah, it does jump around quite a lot.
1: And even when it's serious, the, the way they're treating big serious things, like, like the first episode or so, where they're kind of wrapping up the bit from the finale of the series before. Yeah, it kind of goes from being quite dark and quite adult in tone to feeling much more comic booky and kind of almost silly in the way they're approaching it. And I was kind of watching it going like i'm i'm kind of enjoying this but i'm i'm really not quite sure what i'm watching so i'm kind of been dipping in and out of it um i've also been watching a series called better than us on netflix
0: right yes that's it's sort of a humans-esque kind of
1: it's idea, very humans it? yes. i wanted to look up if it was made before or after i think it was made after it's russian
0: is it that serious
1: yes it right? is yes
0: yeah. i haven't actually watched it but yes i, I know it's on there
1: i'm most of the way through the first series Um um, and it is it is very, very humans esque. It isn't it isn't the same. No. And obviously the idea of having very humanoid androids and what would happen if that went wrong. Um, yeah. it, it, it's, it's you know, it's an extremely old idea. There's nothing new there. Um, there's something about just the presentation of it that's very, yeah. very like humans because it is a, a female android is befriended by the youngest daughter of a family which has right. one son, a young daughter, a slightly older son, and a couple who are divorced.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I was just
1: kind of like, this setup just it all feels so familiar. And then there's obviously a, a group of people who are anti androids who want to stop them because they take all your jobs. But that's um, such an obvious idea that that's a, that could have yeah, come from anywhere. Yeah. But it, I'm I'm quite enjoying it. It's pretty well put together and and acted, and it's in it's quite interestingly done. But it is it's very much like it's kind of just picked up the the baton almost with just a slightly different twist because it has, instead of them being sort of full sentient, it's gone for what if just some of them don't have the laws of robotics.
0: Right, okay. Yeah.
1: How doesn't as an does an AI then a- approach the world if it doesn't have those three laws that we've relied mm. on so much? Yeah. Um, it's an it's an interesting idea. So yeah, been watching been watching through that.
0: Yeah, it's one that I've not got to yet, but I quite like the look of that. But uh, obviously, I loved humans. So. <laughs>
1: anything else uh, i binge watched all of the witcher yes I, I think that's on everyone's to-do list and probably i'm probably the last one to finish watching I mean, it yes
0: i think it. most people a lot of people have already seen it so what did you think
1: i quite liked it i wanted to punch the bard <laughs> i love I, the bard <laughs> that's yeah, a very marmite character a <laughs> yeah. um, lo- love hate character for those listening outside the uk who don't know that weird uk thing yes. um Yeah, I I thought he was a terribly written character. He has no character development. He serves as, as a poor plot device to just get people to places that could have been achieved by other means. Sings a lot and makes me want to punch him a lot
0: yes but that's, I, ra- I rather it. like that I like the fact that he's written has just been incredibly annoying yes he could do with some more yeah. character development but yes I, I'd
1: hoped he would have an arc everybody else had an arc and he just remains statically uh, yeah comic um, relief yeah annoying. yeah yeah he was very much a comic and I don't know if in the books he gets a bit more development than that because there's obviously a vast amount of information being thrown at you with this, with this series and I yes. haven't read the original books no. um, one of my friends is Polish and has read all the original books in the original language and um, she kept listing off of it loads of things she was annoyed about <laughs> <laughs> so I think die hard fans were, were um had various nitpicks with this kind of thing as well. Um, I did quite enjoy. I really. I didn't understand. One of my main problems was every time they time jumped. Yeah. They didn't have a description saying the date or when yeah. it was. I. I. And no one ages.
0: Yes, that's been a little bit of an issue. I think for most people, I think they're aware that that is an issue, and it shouldn't be as much of a problem in the second season because they're sort of they just all forget up to, date to leave by the, the text
1: layer on when they rendered it out.
0: I, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, it, there was no kind of, we, I think we said this before when we talked about the show, it, there's no visual reference at all, you know, because you don't necessarily need to do it with an exact date. You could do it by, you know, a, a, a filter over the lens or, you know, something that, that Well, you could just write the periods. name of the person
1: because you're following Yeah, three different narratives which are happening at different time frames. Yeah. So one is a couple of weeks, one is seventy years, one is thirty years. Yes. Kind of thing. There is, and you could easily have just marked them so and so's story, so you knew whose story. Because I kept looking at things and going, hang on a minute, that person was dead last week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean the time jumping around stuff. I don't mind that they jumped around in time. It's just it's not signposted particularly well, and that I think confused a lot of people. And uh, I, I think that could have been put out better. But apart from that, I mean, I really liked the show overall I think the casting's great
1: yeah I think the casting was was good and I found the world interesting Mm. I think I felt which I think various other people felt that the world was bigger than they could fit into the episodes yes but there were various points where things were kind of referenced and then not really explained or delved into any more it sort of felt a bit rushed in a few places because they literally just didn't have enough time and mm. um, i did enjoy it i mean i did watch the whole thing over the course of about 3 days so i think that's that obviously says something yeah. um, and the the effects were lovely the costuming was beautiful the, the visually it was really really well put together but yeah i just i felt i was left with more questions than answers yeah. about the world of the story um because they were trying to cover so much and they even needed a lot more episodes or I don't know, maybe a TV movie length thing at the beginning to kind of do a big deep delve into it. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they get to flesh more stuff out because I'm assuming that they've got another series. Yes,
0: there is. There is already already a sh- there all is. 10.
1: Um, yeah. You know, I think all they needed was to show that picture of Henry Cavill just reclining in some hot water <laughs> and someone would have just been like, you know, shut up and take my money. Here's the budget for another 25 seasons. Yes. So I, I'm assuming we will get to find out a bit more and and hopefully in the next series they'll have a bit of breathing space to do a bit more of that that world building side of it
0: there is definitely another season coming so hopefully there, any kinks that they're in that first season they can kind of iron out a little bit there'll be less time jumping around stuff and it will be more of a straightforward story I think that would be useful but uh, yeah I mean I, I really enjoyed the first series and I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of
1: it yeah uh, other than that I watched Wonder Woman finally oh right okay just it, well. Seen that. Yes, that's. That, yeah, what, what do you think of that? I thought it was all right. <laughs> that's pretty much my two word review of it. It's all right. Yeah. Um, very polished well put together standard comic book origin story movie with a lot of money yes
0: i think that's fair i mean i enjoyed it i don't kind of see why it's hailed quite as highly as it is there's nothing wrong with it it's a perfectly fine film it's just there there are more interesting things out there i think you know
1: yeah i think it's it's aimed at newcomers Mm, possibly yes maybe more which is kind of nice that they they want to do that um and bring some more people into the world. It was very pretty. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't not enjoy it. Yes. I also probably won't buy it on Blu-ray. No, exactly. I think that's where I kind of yes. kind of came down to. Uh, yeah, I watched it because people keep showing these um, sort of behind the scenes shots of the new one and things. And uh, I thought I better have at least watched the original to see what people are complaining yes. about.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. How about you? I'm still working my way through Doom Patrol, which as I said last week, I hadn't realized it was 16 episodes. So I'm kind of slowly working my way through that, but I kind of dropped away from it to go and watch titans doom patrol is a lot stranger than i thought it would be and i know that sounds weird when it's a thing about have seen the character you've seen the character (laughs) line up but it's got far more in in common tonally with something like the umbrella academy than it has with something like titans you know it's got that sort of it's got that sort of really strange off the wall weirdness to it throughout and the fact that alan tudyk is playing mr nobody who kind of voiceovers the entire thing and he's is somewhat self-aware of the fact that he's in a tv show is brilliant and works really really well so um there are references to to sort of you know episodes of like oh we're not doing that this episode or that that sort of thing throughout Yeah, it sounds
1: like i should swap from trying to watch season two of titans to watching yes i think
0: Doom Patrol would be very much up your street it's weird and quirky and off the wall and uh, I am rather enjoying it I think it's really good fun I I mean I am enjoying Titans as well as I say it's interesting that this season whereas the first season was very much about getting this group of people together there is a very sort of distinct split this season between the newer Titans and the older Titans and there are various storylines going on sort of almost one entire storyline with the old Titans one entire storyline with the new Titans and there's also these bottle episodes which are introducing new characters as well and explaining some of the backstory about why the Titans split up in the first place so that's all kind of quite interesting and I mean I am enjoying it but yeah I I sort of agree with the other things you were saying as well seal team's back for a new season uh that's pretty much carry on of what it was before but uh, it's it's a good drama that i've been enjoying that runaways also came back as well final season of that i'm interested to see where they're going to kind of round out this story and i'm kind of glad that you know i enjoyed runaways but it's one of those things that they've kind of stuck with this same plot for the first two seasons and i did wonder where they were going to go at the end of this and as it turns out they're not going anywhere they're going to end it with the end of this plot arc so uh, and that's going to be the end of of runaways but you know that's fine as long as it's it's one three season self-contained thing i'm perfectly okay with that treadstone which is this new amazon well amazon over here i think it's a usa network one so this is this jason bourne spin-off kind of idea so it's following treadstone was the government experiment thing that created jason bourne in the first place and somebody is now reactivating various people that, like Jason Bourne, was activated. So there's now a whole group of them that are being activated at once for assassinations and nefarious means. And it's following... People that suddenly find themselves activated and doing things that they didn't know were possible. If you like the Jason Bourne series, it's going to be something that's worth watching. It is essentially Jason Bourne TV series without Jason Bourne, uh, pretty much. Uh, there's a so we're kind of, of like,
1: how do we make up for not having this one famous dude? Let's just put tens of the less yeah. famous people in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, that that's actually
0: been pretty good. Uh, the, I've only watched the first episode of it, but it's it's solid action. There's some good fight sequences and stuff in it and uh if you're into that sort of thing it is worth watching it's good fun The Good Place came back. Uh, I love that series. I'm going to be very sad when that ends as well. Uh, But uh, I I love what they're doing with that show. And again, it's another one that's ending on its own terms. So, you know, there's a few more episodes left of that. uh, But I'm very happy to have that back. And uh, I just, we're going to be very sad when it leaves us because it's such a good series. So that's sort of the main things I've been watching. Uh, As I mentioned last week, we've been splitting the interviews off onto their own show. So they're not coming up this week. I have done two interviews gone out already. We had interview with Diane Cohen, who is also known as physics girl that went out this week and interview with Bob and barn, who are the composers behind medieval, the game and the dead pixels TV show. So uh, those are both up on the stream, the, in the geek town behind the scenes podcast. So you can go and see those. We've got a new one going out this week, uh, possibly a couple of them, but there's one definitely going out this week, which is Jefferson Friedman, who is the composer on new Amsterdam and the new DC universe. Harley Quinn series, uh, which I saw the first episode of. It's brilliant, that Harley Quinn animated series. It is Katie Kulo from uh, Big Bang Theory playing Harley and does a brilliant job with the Harley voice. And it's Alan Tudyk actually voices the Joker in that first episode as well. And he's almost channeling like Mark Hamill. It's a very Mark Hamill version of a voice in that. Uh, It's not out anywhere officially yet over in the UK. I managed to get a preview copy of that first episode because I was doing the interview. Um, But... I really, really liked it. And it's, it's about the sort of, uh, you know, almost the same concept of this upcoming movie of this sort of emancipation of Harley Quinn from the Joker is essentially the, the idea. And that's the same idea for the, for the animated series. It's her sort of splitting up with Joker. They've got Poison Ivy in there. who's basically kind of trying to convince Harley that the Joker relationship is very bad for her. And uh, it's just funny and uh, very adult and very sweary. And uh, uh, it's it's lovely to see that sort of animated thing very much done in the kind of old uh certainly in the start of it it is very much done in the the kind of old batman animated series style as well it's one that's going to be very much worth looking out for uh because i think that's what my american really like.
1: friends have said i need to watch this yeah. and it's it's criminal that i haven't already seen it and have been singing its praises and saying they were saying to me that it gets better after the first episode as well i
0: can imagine it does i thought the first episode was super Herb though. Yeah they were telling me they thought the first
1: episode was the weakest episode Right really. it gets better is what they were telling me so I can't wait to see it.
0: She's the perfect character to do in this sort of anarchic kind of um, animated style and the fact that there are no restrictions on it it's very much an adult series it is really funny but uh, later this week we have an interview with Jefferson Friedman who is the the composer on the Harley series and he's also one of the composers on New Amsterdam as well which is a Great medical drama if you've not seen that so you've got those to look out for coming up later on this week on the main geek town feed now let's move on to some tv and film news many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care So, TV and film news this week, there's lots of uh, renewals, a whole bunch of them actually from the CW who went renewal crazy this week. Uh, so, American Horror Story, that's been renewed for three more seasons. Horror's not really your thing, is it?
1: No, I'm scared of horror. So, yeah. if it's good horror, I can't watch it. And if it's bad horror, it's not very good. So, <laughs> yeah. I tend to only watch comedy horror.
0: Yes, I mean, horror's not massively my thing as well. I have watched some of the American Horror series, but yes, that's renewed for three more seasons. So, that's not going anywhere. The Mentioned New Amsterdam that's also been renewed for three more seasons by NBC in the US which I'm very happy about it's an odd one to actually give such a huge renewal for because they gave three season renewal to This Is Us which you kind of expect because that's like a juggernaut of a program for them but apparently New Amsterdam is rating kind of second or third overall in terms of catch up viewing across all networks in the US so whilst it's kind of fifth in the live viewing for NBC It's actually really high up in terms of uh, catch-up viewing, so that's been really good for them and it also helps them sell it on and and that sort of stuff, which of course airs on E4 and on Amazon over here. So uh, I'm very happy to have that back because that's a great show. CW went really renewal crazy. They renewed uh, All-American, Batwoman, Black Lightning, Charmed, Legends of Tomorrow, Dynasty, The Flash, In the Dark, Legacies, Nancy Drew, Riverdale, Roswell, New Mexico, and Supergirl. And they've also added three episodes to Katie Keene, which is this upcoming Riverdale spin-off-ish series, which doesn't even start airing until February in the US. So that was 13 shows plus extending a 14th that they renewed.
1: Just a a small, you know, small day in the office for the renewals team. I
0: mean, CW are kind of well known for renewing things fairly early, you know, and renewing pretty much everything. I mean, it's, it's rare that something actually gets cancelled on the CW, which is lovely. But it's rare that they actually renew them this early. Usually it's sort of March, April before we hear any kind of major renewals like that. And and no, they've just said, screw it, we're just going to renew everything now. <laughs> so uh so that's great. And I'm very happy that they're all back so that's basically all the remains of the Arrowverse. we don't know about the new spin-off arrow show yet whether because that's not the pilot for that hasn't gone out yet but we'll see they've officially announced today that star trek picard is getting a second season before the first season has even gone out so that's good. i, I
1: think that's fair <laughs> yeah i
0: absolutely fine with that i did wonder whether that was going to be a one-off but no it sounds like they're bringing it back which is good uh, he obviously enjoyed himself doing the first season of that so uh he the, he's been brought back again all four have announced this, this, uh, animated series called Primal is coming onto all four on the 17th of January uh, do you know Gendry Tarkovsky he's done animation for Dexter's Laboratory
1: Samurai Jack and Clone Wars that's a good bill of things to have under your name on your CV yeah
0: it's it's created and directed by him it's called Primal um, it's a it's described as a stunning and epic series that follows the adventures of a caveman at the dawn of evolution and a T-Rex on the brink of extinction bonded by tragedy this unlikely friendship becomes the only hope of survival and a violent primordial world it's illustrated obviously it's animated and has no dialogue in it apparently it sounds fascinating i might go and look it up but that is coming on to all four from the 17th of january if you want to go and check that one out that's the street the channel four streaming service there's another advanced air date just dropped today uh, Westworld series three it's coming out on the 15th of march in the u.s which should mean that it airs like at 2 a.m on the 16th of march in the uk although uh, sky haven't officially said that yet but that's what it's done the past couple of times so we'll assume that's the case this time so we're march that's a bit early than usual we're expecting that in april but i've uh,
1: still not watched all of the first series yet i've got some catching up to do
0: yes you have you do need to get through that because that's very much your sort of show. yeah I-
1: I, I massively dislike westerns <laughs> yeah it's well and, and I'm, I'm I'm, I'm watching it. it going like this is so good this is so in my area but I just really don't like westerns and it's making it really hard work for me to get through it even though everyone tells me how amazing it is and that I need to see it and the fact there's another series coming out yet yeah, I, I, I I need to to put some more effort into catching up this on that one this is
0: series three yes so you've got two series to catch up through <laughs> yeah yes definitely it is one definitely worth watching and, and it gets less westerny as you go through it as well so you know, you, the Western's the initial setting, but that sort of disappears away. And certainly is not the setting for the third season. So, you know. <laughs> There's a couple of trailers went up this week which were quite interesting. There's the, uh, the long-awaited adaptation of Lock and Key, the comic book horror and mystery series. There's a trailer for that, which is coming to Netflix on the 23rd of January. And uh, Apple TV released a trailer for Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, which is coming on the 7th of February. It's from the team behind Always Sunny. It's set in a games development studio. It has a sort of vibe of something like Silicon Valley about it, as far as I could tell sort of maniacal boss overlord and and they're creating a kind of video game but it looks like it could be quite funny the trailer looks quite good That's coming to Apple TV on the 7th of February. You can go and catch the trailer for that up on the website. Over on bigger news stories, there is a new sci-fi drama called Debris, which is from J.H. Wyman and uh, Legendary, which NBC have given a pilot order to. I thought this sounded interesting. It's not much in the description, but uh, H.J. Wyman is the creator of Almost Human. Do you remember that buddy cop thing?
1: Yeah, I loved Almost Human and I was utterly gutted that it got canned because I thought it had incredible potential. Me and too, yeah. I loved the mix of the whole buddy, comedy, cop duo thing with the sci-fi elements. I thought they balanced it incredibly well.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really good as well. And uh, he also was an EP on Fringe. So, you know, that's good credentials there. This new show is called Debris. It's said to be in the vein of X-Files and Men in Black. Two agents from two different continents and two different mindsets must work together to investigate when a wreckage from a destroyed alien spacecraft has mysterious serious effects on humankind. So, I mean, that's the basic set off for it. It sounds like a sort of MacGuffin for weirdness, the alien spacecraft as far well, as I could tell.
1: But yeah, uh, if I heard that description and it was being put together by someone else, I'd be less interested. But the fact it's someone connected to almost human and fringe makes me think, no, they're actually, they're not just going to use this as a strange effects on people. Let's do a bit of a human drama and there's a slight, maybe Mm. sci-fi bit in the background we're using as an excuse for plot. There might actually be full on craziness in that.
0: Yes, exactly. That's why it sort of piqued my interest as well. So uh, it's only a pilot at the moment. It's for NBC, which means there's a very good likelihood that it will end up on Sky if they do pick it up, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But looks interesting that. Netflix had released a trailer for this, this flew straight under my radar uh, it's a show called October Faction it's based on the comic book October Faction I don't know that book I don't know whether that's one you've come across
1: no it's, again it's not one that's yeah. really massively in my area so it's from Damien
0: Kindler who was one of the people behind Sleepy Hollow Krypton and Sanctuary uh, it looks quite fun the trailer It's it follows globe trotting monster hunters uh, Fred and Dolores Allen after the death of Fred's father they return to their hometown in New York with the children. In the new setting, small town setting, the family must adjust to assimilate while Fred and Dolores try to hide their own identities of members of a secret organisation. Fred and Dolores become reacquainted with their own hotel and secrets buried there. Jeff and Viv, the kids, are forced to integrate into a place they're unaccustomed to. Jeff deals with the close mindedness of a local bully and the more reserved Viv tries to make friend at high school. The series dives into complex issues such as race, sexuality, welfare, class, divisions, which pervade our modern society. Drawn across the backdrop of small town america these seem to speak larger cultural climates of the modern viewer there's a large portion of that which could really be a, a description of anything it's the fact that it's a monster yeah, the, the, drama. the word
1: monsters came up very little in that
0: yes so it kind of has a feel of sanctuary about it if you remember that show uh, which was damian kindler's show as well from the trailer that was the thing that kind of stuck in my mind more than anything else i mean it does look interesting and i mean i don't know many of the cast it's tamara taylor who was uh who I do know she was in Bones and Altered Carbon. CG McKenzie, who was in Dark Angel and Vinyl. Those are the the playing the parents. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. It's coming to... uh, It's called October Faction. It's coming to Netflix on the 23rd of January, if you want to try and catch that. But there is a trailer for that on the website right now. BBC have announced a new show uh, called The Offenders, which is its working title at the moment. That may change. Uh, It's from Stephen Merchant and Elgin James, which... If you know who Elgin James is, that seems like a really odd mix because Elgin James is the co-creator of Mayans MC, the Sons of Anarchy (laughs) spinoff. And Stephen Merchant is, well, Stephen Merchant. So <laughs> basically the offenders is follows seven strangers from different walks of life who's for- forced together to complete a community payback sentence in Bristol. At first, it seems like the archetypes can easily be pigeonholed, but gradually they, we see behind their facades, understand their hidden depths and what makes them the people they are today. The thing that had me fascinated about this was the fact that it's Stephen Merchant who's very funny on his own, but then Elgin James. Who is like this rough ex-con biker guy who co-wrote via
1: and you kind of like it will certainly be a a comedy slash serious drama slash not sure how that's going to work but maybe they will both surprise us
0: yeah I mean Stephen Merchant kind of saying the offenders is a long-standing passion project for me my parents used to work in the community service world and I was always intrigued by the many varied people with only one thing in common they committed a crime ever since the office I've loved finding ways to bring unlikely groups of people together and what sparks fly as a writer I would include humor but with the offenders I get to have drama pathos crime genre and thrills i grew up in suburbia whereas elgin spent his life building a national street gang until police investigation landed him in prison despite coming from different sides of the track elgin and i share a love of convincing characters and authentic engaging human stories so uh yeah i i would love to know how the two of them met because <laughs> sort <of> <laughs> that would probably
1: be an interesting thing to, to document and to tell a story about in itself is how this series came to be i think yes. it could be a a very interesting thing, because I often see with writers that you kind of think, oh, I almost sometimes. If you look back at the Hollywood studio system, they used to use a different writer for comedy sections, to romance sections, to action sections, and things like that. When they worked properly, sort of yeah. in the 50s in the studio system, and sometimes I look at modern films and think, oh, we're, you know, in modern media, they've gone too far the other way, and it's one director, one writer, and everything is just a single person's vision, and that can become quite narrow. So maybe by throwing these two different people together, you will get all of the harshness of the experiences of one plus, because those comedy moments, because even in the darkest yeah. parts of life, things still make you laugh and smile. And sometimes serious dramas forget that, yeah. you know, somebody will still trip over on a banana skin in the middle of a funeral, this kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> life is actually a strange mix of these very different dichotomies. And I'm kind of interested. It's, it's not something I would normally watch at no. all but it sounds like it could be extremely human if it contains the skills of both those people's skill sets yeah. together yeah that's yeah that's that's quite interesting
0: yeah I mean I find it really interesting fascinating pairing and I, I'm i very very intrigued uh, as I say it's called The Offenders at the moment I, I suspect that name may change because that is also the name of one of the uh, animated series they're doing for Hulu uh, from which had uh, Howard the in it. It's like the sort of defenders, but the team up series from those those Hulu animated Marvel series. So I'm guessing they're not going to want to fight Marvel on the name. So that may change moving forward, but we'll see. But yes, known as the Offenders at the moment, it's it's coming to the BBC at some point uh, it's a bbc amazon co-production so it'll be on amazon outside of the uk but yes that looks fascinating sticking with bbc they have got another thing that they've announced which also sounded quite interesting do you remember that walking with dinosaurs thing that they did a number of years ago which was great and it was a sort of natural history approach to looking at dinosaurs well they're basically talking about doing that but with the creatures from jk rowling books so it's why not it, um, it's, it's, i can
1: see there's definitely an audience for that and it well, could be yeah exactly fake zoology brought to life yeah i think you're pretty if you put the name jk rowling on anything and magical creatures on anything yeah you've pretty much got a winner there i'm surprised by it but i mean i'd probably end up watching that and i'm not even a a fan of any of the books? No. Well,
0: apparently the Natural History Museum has a a fantastic "Beats the Wonders of Nature" exhibit opening in spring this year. So it sort of ties in with this. It's a one-off documentary that they're doing. It's not like a, a ongoing thing. It's going to be a one-off documentary, narrated, of course, by Stephen Fry because he's Stephen Fry and he's the voice of the books and you know <laughs> and, and he's a national treasure. And because so he's Stephen, Stephen Fry, Fry uh, yeah, th- exactly. That's the only part of that sentence you needed. Pretty much. It's going to be comparing the Fantastic Beasts animals and the sort of etymology of of those mixed in with, with how they compare to actual real-world animals and weirdness of things like giant squid and woolly rhinos and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I rather like the look of this. I mean, it's a one-off kind of documentary thing. I think this could be a fascinating idea. I, I mean, I've don't, I I've not even seen the Fantastic Beasts movies, I don't know whether I should admit that, but I, I haven't even watched the films... So, so I mean I don't know any of of this stuff but I rather, rather like the idea of of kind of tapping into this interesting mix of natural history and and fantastic beasts stuff. At the moment it's called Fantastic Beasts and Natural History. That so don't know when that's going to come out but it looks fascinating. I think it could be really good. And finally they've announced some new casting for Lucifer which of course is coming up for its fifth and final season. They've cast Dennis Haysbert as God <laughs> for the final season. Um, Um, So uh, Dennis Hainsborough, you'll probably know, I mean, he's been on various things, Backstrom, The Unit, Revere. 24 is probably the thing he's best known as. So it's kind of a mini 24 reunion uh, because D.B. Woodside, who plays Amadil on Lucifer, was also in 24 as well. They played the brothers who like went on to be, both of them became president at one point. And apparently it was D.B. Woodside that kind of suggested Dennis for the role as well. Co-showrunner Joe Henderson was saying, we had this big crazy list of possible... Actors us for the part and he was my top choice woodside had actually suggested him for the role and uh, sort of said you yeah, know do you think he'd do it he's like well i've always kind of mentioned it to him and he's sort of up for it so you know uh, so i thought that was kind of cool i really like Dennis haybert he's got a kind of strong nice gravitas voice for god i thought we've not seen god on screen yet so yeah, why not? I think
1: it was going to have to happen at some point, really. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and if you're going to do it, the, th- it's yeah. kind of like you know you do a series about Bruce Wayne that the last episode has to have Batman in it. Um, yeah, this is kind of how this one was going to go. I've actually just to watch series four on Netflix, right? Yes, <laughs> um and caught up. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm I'm still enjoying it. The, the more I ignore the fact it's you know even supposed to be based on a comic book, the more I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this one, and I'm interested to see what actually happens when they all meet Dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes yeah i mean we have he- i think heard the voice of god before but the voice of god last time with neil gaiman himself which i thought was a lovely idea
1: yeah it would have been nice if they could have got neil gaiman on camera yes that I think would have been entertaining well, but- <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> well, have they been had a reason for the choice they've I, gone do, with.
0: I, mean, I suppose neil gaiman's not really an actor i guess so you know
1: yeah it um, depends how involved the the role is and whether or not he would he would want to do that but yeah. um i did like like the idea of um, just breaking the fourth wall a little bit because I do I do like all uh, yes. being smashed down as often as possible. Yeah.
0: So, but I mean, Dennis Todesbur is is a great actor, and uh, I think that's a really nice choice for Lucifer. Mm. So, uh, yes, Lucifer will be back later on this year. So that's something to look forward to. I've I mean I'm sad that it's ending because I do enjoy that series, but I'm glad that I think it's 16 episodes. They're splitting it into 16 episodes of eight each. I think so. It's going to be eight, then a little break, and then eight more. So it's almost like having two seasons of eight episodes so that's something to look forward to when that comes back later on this year so that's all the news for this week obviously interviews as we've said before are now on their own shows the behind the scenes podcast you can go and get those on the same feed there are some out already so we're moving straight on to highlights for next week on tv So, highlights for next week. We have uh, Grace and Frankie back for the sixth season. I've still not watched any of that, but everybody that watches it tells me it's fabulous. Uh, So, 15th of January of that the rookie back for its second season that's on sky witness on the 16th of january at 9 p.m and that sees nason fillion back as the oldest rookie copy in la i do love that show it's really good modern family returns for season 11 that's 17th of january at 8 30 and then we've got the simpsons just before that that's on sky one on the 17th of january that's on season 31 uh, that's at 8 p.m that's there little america which is the new kamal najani series uh, i think he's exact producing it not starring in it it's It's kind of an anthology sort of thing that's coming to Apple TV on the 17th of January. It's it's about little stories of of, uh, immigrants and things that go beyond the headlines in America. But it it looks like it could be quite good, that. You've got Cobra, which is the Robert Carlyle and Victoria Hamilton series set in the corridors of power during a national emergency. This looks like it could be quite good. It's uh, on Sky One on the 17th of January at 9pm. Lots of things on the 17th of January. Uh, Sex Education Season 2 of that returns on Netflix on the 17th of January as well and uh, Primal that show we were talking about earlier that's on the 17th of January that lands on all four and that's the first eight episodes I think of that will be up on there so moving on to the 19th of January on Netflix we've got Always Sunny in Philadelphia which returns for its 14th season and then on 20th of January on Paramount Network we've got Yellowstone finally which they announced about 12 months ago they'd picked up and then hadn't landed anywhere so season one of that that which is the Kevin Cosson series that's 20th of January at 9pm on Paramount Network that turns up and then Frankie Drake Mysteries the third season of that comes to Alibi on the 21st of January that's the spin-off in the Murdoch Mysteries that arrives then lots of things to keep you going this week across a variety of comedy and drama and all sorts of things that's everything I think so far for this week where can people find you if they want to find out more of your stuff
1: I can be found under the name Trista Bytes, spelled B-Y-T-E-S because I thought I'd be funny and try and make a pun that then meant I had to explain how to spell my name every single time <laughs> I'm on a podcast. <laughs> but I can be found as Trista Bytes on social media, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I've also been on YouTube for four years and I am a Twitch streamer as well now, streaming twice a week, doing geeky chatter, nonsense and at the moment a bit of Diablo 3 gameplay.
0: <laughs> I would say nonsense in big letters there over the geeky chatter to be honest. <laughs>
1: yeah we, we go for light-hearted fun nostalgia going down youtube rabbit holes of old 80s yes. cartoon intros and sci-fi and stuff and generally just positivity having a fun time and yes. yeah there's there's no serious speed running or, or high scores going on here lots of falling off things dying and blowing stuff up definitely
0: yes yes definitely it's uh they're great fun those twitch streams and you can go there's a lovely community that you've got built around that as well so uh, it's well well worth going to tuning into the twitch streams when they're Live. for us of course you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date and tv news if you want to get in touch with your questions comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektownuk. uk check out the interview podcast the behind the scenes interview podcast coming out later this week uh, we will be back with another geektown radio next week we will see you then bye bye, bye.